0: Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. Today we have a homily for Sunday, February 5th, 2023, in which we pick up where we left off last week, considering Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. Let's begin with a reading from Matthew chapter 5. Matthew writes, Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the household. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter— not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until it is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments, and teaches others to do the same thing, will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of Christ Dear God, may only your truth be spoken, and only your truth be heard. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. The other night I had just finished my bedtime routine and was looking forward to a good night's sleep. I turned off the light, sat down on the edge of the bed, swung my feet up, and just as my head hit the pillow, a question popped into my mind. Did I lock the door? I knew that I wouldn't be able to get to sleep until I got up and checked. As my feet hit the floor, I decided not to turn the light on. I know where everything is, I thought to myself. I'll be fine, I thought. And I was. I made it to the front door, discovered that I had indeed locked it. I turned around and I made it three quarters of the way back to bed before my foot found one of the dog's squeaky toys. It sounded twice as loud in the otherwise silent house. The dog leapt to her feet, the light went on in the bedroom, and I heard my bride's voice asking if I was okay. My plans for stealth had clearly been thwarted. The funny thing is, that squeaky toy had been there all along. Like many things in life, the darkness made the toy hard to see, but it didn't mean that it wasn't there. Today's Gospel reading has a lot to say about light, and how people of faith ought to shine brightly in dark places. But before we get into that, let's step back a bit to get an idea of context. Today's Gospel reading is set in the larger context of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We know that Jesus' public work, his preaching, teaching, and healing ministry, lasted for about three years. Although Jesus said and did many important things, the Sermon on the Mount represents the longest single recorded teaching attributed to Jesus. Last week, we considered that this sermon contains a series of pretty counterintuitive sayings called the Beatitudes. Combined, they challenge us to examine the way that we look at the world around us and how we engage with other people. We begin to see that Jesus is describing a culture that is very different from the culture that we have become accustomed to. He's describing a culture that sees people and that values people differently. Any person that our society ignores or diminishes is actually a highly valued, highly esteemed member of God's community. So we see that Jesus begins this sermon with teaching that is not only counterintuitive, it's also very much countercultural. Jesus' words stand in direct contrast to commonly held concepts around wealth, race, age, and even religious virtue. Not only that, this sermon sets the tone for everything else that Jesus will say and do. It's here that Jesus segues into the text that we read today. Speaking to his own followers, Jesus tells them that they are to be like salt and light. Just as salt adds flavor and preserves food, so people of faith are to improve the lives of those around them. Extending the metaphor, as people of faith... We are to brighten the lives of others, dispelling darkness and bringing safety. We are to have a positive impact, changing the lives of other people for the better. Jesus commissions his followers to fight against the existing culture of darkness and help to bring about the kind of culture that he is promoting. Having given his followers this task, Jesus then cautions them, He says that he has not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. He goes on to say that whoever breaks the least of God's laws and teaches another person to do likewise will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Not only that, Jesus challenges them that unless their righteousness exceeds that of the religious elite, they will never enter the kingdom of heaven. But what does this mean? To understand what Jesus was saying here, we must first understand the importance of the law in Jewish culture. At the core, God's law is about relationship. When God gave the law to Moses, God was teaching humanity how to interact both with God and with each other. Over time, people began to misunderstand the purpose of these laws they began to behave as though obedience to the law was an end in and of itself. Jesus came along and reminded them and us that the law was simply a means to an end, and that end was a dynamic relationship with God and with other people. In fact, when Jesus was asked which one of the laws was greatest, He responded that the greatest command was to love God and that the second greatest was to love other people. When we understand the original purpose for the law and how Jesus understood it, then we can better understand what Jesus really meant when he said that he hadn't come to abolish the law. Jesus wasn't getting rid of the law. Rather, he was teaching people to return to its original purpose. If you think about it, each of the Ten Commandments speak either to our relationship with God or to our relationship with other people. Each of those commands encourages us to either honor God or to live well with other people. Jesus was reminding people that the original purpose of the law is love and not a blind obedience to either ritual or legalism. When he warns his followers not to break the law, he is reminding them to live in a way that honors both God and other people. When he tells them that they will not enter the kingdom of heaven unless their righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, he is, in essence, telling them to rely more on God's compassion than on their own quest for personal righteousness. So, Jesus isn't trying to eradicate the law at all. He is, however, challenging how people understand that law. We are reminded that God calls us to be holy and righteous, but we are also reminded that we cannot achieve that goal on our own. The only way that we can get there is through accepting God's love and grace, That love and compassion came to us in the person of Jesus Christ. This is how Jesus was able to say that he did not come to eradicate the law, but to fulfill it. He offered fulfillment that was not based on legal observance, but rather on compassion and love and forgiveness. It's not about our performance. It's about God's gift. Those of us who claim the name Christian are called to obedience not through the strict observance of a legal code, but rather through love of God and expressing God's compassion to everyone we meet. The prophet Micah put it plainly when he wrote, God has already made it plain how to live, what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor, Be compassionate and loyal in your love, and don't take yourself too seriously, but take God seriously. Amen.